Hey, welcome to Kong Jiao Wei. My name is Jeremy. Uh, my name is Yi Suan. And we are here to, well, talk. Talk, talk. <laughs> Sing song and play Mahjong. Yes. Uh, only thing is that we cannot play Mahjong. No, not with the circuit breaker going on. Yup. It's so, Corona time. It's Corona time. <laughs> yes, indeed. We're going to talk a lot about Corona. And yeah, we got some pretty interesting things uh, lined up. And um, yeah, Guy, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, why don't I start about um, what our motive is right. for this group? Uh, I mean, it's just to, just to talk about what matters to us and, uh, you know, voice out our opinions and whatnot uh, and see who the fuck resonates with us. And, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see how far this takes us. More yeah. of a social experiment than anything, <laughs> right? And more importantly, we're gonna have fun talking about this stuff. Yes. Yeah. And uh, what better to talk about than the thing that is on everyone's mind right now? Exactly. Right. <laughs> Corona, man. Everybody's uh, you know, trapped right now. I think um, you know, uh, the fear is is escalating for sure. Right, lots of people are already speculating that these um, circuit breaker measures might actually extend, right? And right. Uh, yeah, it's not gonna just be a month, right? But how how do you think it is? Uh? like I think a couple of weeks back the the fear was worse, but then now uh, after you know most people are staying in already, right? Uh, has it kind of died down? Uh, and and something else is creeping up. Yeah, I, like I, I staying think... indoors for too long. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah th- things like that. It is the dynamics is starting to change. I yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that. Like in 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 the first uh when when this whole thing started, you know, before any of the circuit breaker measures were announced or anything like that, uh, there was a general fear. You know, people were, I mean, you had your whole you know panic buying, right? Um, I don't think it's gotten better, but I think the fact that we have implemented new procedures is kind of alleviating that fear. So I, I'd say it's a good thing. But right. yeah, like you said, now it's about dealing with this whole, you know, idea of being a shut-in, right? <laughs> Essentially, mm-hmm. you're forced to become recluse and, you know, we're... we're we're sociable creatures and we're used to, you know, hanging out with our friends on the weekend and stuff like that. And yeah, it's a, it's a major, major disruption. And not only to that, man, to all the businesses, right? Including my teaching has been affected, right? I, I'm, I'm forced to do everything online now. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is with, if you're not able to socialize uh, these fears you have, you are kind of stuck with, these thoughts on your own or within your family uh yeah i think it kind of amplifies human nature as well uh, mm-hmm. e- even though even though you're you're alone right. uh, rather than within a group of people it, it kind of amplifies if you're feeling fear then it kind of plays in your own head over and over again and i mean you start to go down a, a bad rabbit hole uh. yeah 
And yeah. I, I, I mean, it goes back in, into the RES reticular activation system. Right. Like you pay attention to what your focus is on the moment. So walking around the road, you're gonna, or, or even in your room, you're starting. You're gonna start to find things to worry about yeah. because you're in in that state of mind. Uh, and unfortunately, because of the situation right now, it's definitely on top of everybody's attention. And yeah, it's just, it just reinforces. Right, and especially because you know you're you're trapped at home with individuals who are feeling the exact same way, right? This this whole energy that everyone's carrying, right? This level of fear, you know, body language, the interactions you have, the topics that you talk about, it's it's just going to add to it. Yeah. So well, I mean, yeah. So what about the human tendency to to gravitate towards the negative? Humans, you know, we we have this um, we have this inclination you know it's it's uh it's part of our survival instinct right to 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 look at what's wrong right because uh, we need to do that in order to protect ourselves right so if if you've noticed how people generally are they they tend to focus a lot on the negative right and even though good things happen right it's it's often we often just turn uh you know we don't really pay much attention to it and instead we focus on this um this this fear right for example you know if um we are looking at the state and nature of the world, minus away Corona and all that stuff that has gone down, right? Even prior to this, you know, the the wars, the violence, the suffering and all that stuff, right? The looming economic downturn. Yeah, all of that, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we tend to focus heavily on that. But the issue is that, um, you know, the world technically is in one of the best places it's at in terms of violence and and uh, atrocities happening, right? So there was this pretty interesting um, Harvard psychology uh, professor. His name is uh, Steven Pinker. And he actually did uh, some research to prove that um, the, the rate of human beings being killed is on a steady decline since, you know, since the beginning till now. And... Um, when he first came up with it, he was actually, you know, he was scoffed at. Uh, his peers and his fellow academics didn't really bother about uh, what he was doing. And it kind of pissed him off so much so to the point where he just like, you know, fuck it, I'll write a book and I will detail all these things that I researched on. And uh, I, I think if you're interested, you should definitely pick up the book. Uh, it's called The Better Angels of Our Nature, Why Violence Has Declined. So yeah, he, he goes in right. and he talks about how, you know, humans have this tendency to gravitate towards the negative, how we focus on uh, such things. And even though, you know, the situation is quite, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's quite healthy or it's it's more good. Yeah, than, I mean, yeah. I, I was going to I was going to say it, it doesn't feel like it because day in, day out, you're seeing uh, things in the media, you're seeing videos, you're seeing tweets about how everything's kind of fucked up. Right, right. Like, this group is being fucked by the other group. Right. How um, the poor is getting poorer. Um, people are just profiteering off somebody else's misery. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this this play on media definitely goes back to the whole RES thing. Uh, right. And, yeah, it, and we're constantly bombarded by it. And there seems to be no no way out. Right. So, 
yeah, it, it just seems more negative than it is. Huh? So I I remember you were telling me about you know some um was it an author or something that um that that talked about this and and had methods or ways to you know just just uh deal with it in a healthy manner. Right. Uh, yeah, but bad memory. <laughs> so. I don't know exactly what he talked about, but the gist of it is. Wait, who's this? Who's this author? Yeah, uh, I think it's Dale Carnegie. Right. Yeah, uh, he, he's written a couple of books. Okay. Um, on uh, how to stop worrying and start living. Right. Uh, I think in in that he talks about mm, actually giving giving in uh, to whatever situation you are in, uh, and. And you look at what you can control and what you cannot control. As, I think it's especially how, uh, useful when it comes to dealing with anxiety. Right. When you are in a situation where you don't know what is going to happen. Let us say, for example, what this corona situation is going to be. Like this this circuit breaker. Right. If right. it's going to be extended or not. Or how your business is going to be uh, after this whole thing. How are you going to deal with um, life after everything has come down. I think that's a point of uh, anxiety for a lot of people. And I, yeah, to deal with it, if, if you look at it in a way, there are things within your control, there are things out of your control. And if you're worrying about things that are beyond your control, then it's a, it's an endless cycle of, of worrying without anything solid, any solid actions you can take to actually make the situation better. So, I guess the main takeaway is to focus on things you that are actionable, right? that you can change. Uh, and yeah, it goes back in the whole victimhood thing. You know, this situation is... Nobody wants this to happen. Right. Uh, right? And yeah, we can choose the actions we we can take. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's just... Change in change in mindset. Yeah, like, I I, really I totally get where you're coming from. Just getting stuck in a mode. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this is something I always have to tell my uh, my kids in school as well. You know, because uh, a lot of times they uh, you know they are at a very young age. You know, where their emotional capacity to handle this negative uh, news that's that they're being bombarded with, it's not quite there yet. And a lot of times they get bogged down by the whole thing and they're like, oh, you know, there's people suffering here and there and then I'm depressed about it. I can't do anything about it, you know. And um, yeah, I think the, the, the key thing is, is about, you know, um, having that wisdom and, and having that realization to know what it is you can help with, what it is you can affect and what you can do to deal with whatever, you know, everything outside of your control. Yeah, there's, there's really no way or no point, you know, um, dwelling on the subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that gets even more amplified if you throw it in a group? Especially, I mean, at your at your kids' age, at your at your students' age, yeah. they are very dependent on their peer groups as a way of uh, how do you say um, valid- validating their their social worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
you know that, that I think that's gonna yeah I, I think that definitely plays a part to it um, yeah and and that idea is it's kind of like group think in psychology you know where um, it, it's a phenomenon where um, you know following with the majority and and going with the general consensus of the group rather than critically evaluating uh, whatever's at hand right the information given and so you get everybody just agreeing with each other and everybody just latching onto the same ideas you know because everyone feels that way it's kind of a it's kind of a majority thing right a conform they just want to belong yeah, man exactly, man <laughs> right everyone wants to do that so yeah uh, it's unfortunate, you know, and I, I think a lot of times it, it doesn't help when you have um, heavy control over media that, that kind of propagates this fear, you know, this, this fear mongering, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, as much as I love the US, right, I, I have to say that the American media, right, their, their role in fear mongering is pretty disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think it's an intended effect. Really? You don't think it's intended? I don't think so. I think it goes back into the whole capitalist system. Yeah, but... It's just networks trying to get more views so they sensationalize everything. And they feed the viewers what they want to watch, what, you know, what gets the most reaction, what's most fucked up about... (laughs) the world that's happening right now, we're going to give them what they yeah. want so that the viewership is up, the sponsorship is up, and yeah. you know, everyone out there trying to make more yeah. money. Yeah, so I, I guess from your perspective, you're seeing it as an inevitable outcome from, you know, that that capitalistic nature, right? Yeah. Yeah, so so for me, I'm seeing it as that's the intent, you know, because I want to earn money. I want to throw these things out there to make people suck it all up, you know, and, and feel that fear, right? And I mean, generally, when you feel fear, right, where's the one place you turn to? You turn to the news, right? I mean, look at look at this whole COVID situation, right? Ever since it it started, yeah, uh, I, I, I noticed that my entire family never watches the news right but ever since this yeah before, before this, this right? right now they are always flipping onto the news channel always trying to find out updates about what's going on so generally that's your source of information when you know shit hits the fan right and so i i think the american population unfortunately yeah, turns to their news and you know they are they're fed with even more uh uh of this of this fear right and uh, this this was actually covered in a, in a documentary, uh, Bowling for Columbine by Michael Moore, right? It, it followed the Columbine High School massacre, you know, the shootings, the probably the yeah. first and the, the most famous uh, school shooting that happened, right? And uh, in the documentary, it basically explores the idea that fear, uh, the role that fear plays in all of this, right? And there's there's a lot of surprising things, you know. Uh, right now, if you ask anybody, is gun violence, uh, you know, worse in America than ever? Probably you're gonna get people saying yes, right? But the the truth yeah. is, gun violence is actually down by forty nine percent since nineteen ninety three. And yeah, yeah, what? no, yeah, no, I, I don't buy that. <laughs> Check it up, that. man. Check it up. Okay, I I shit you not. It's legit. Right and and see this this is what I mean right the media the the way they portray you know the the school shootings that they highlight how much they blow it up, and and everybody now thinks oh my god 
you know gun violence is is the the worst thing ever since forever right but the, the worst yeah. thing since exactly yeah. okay right so yeah i mean that's Damn, that's <laughs> okay um yeah but it's it's quite crazy and mm-hmm. you know that that's that's something i'm quite thankful about when when it right. comes to press and you know reporting right so i have a lot of people that you know often tell me and i myself also you know am am quick to say oh you know singapore doesn't have the, the freedom of press you know if if you look at the world press freedom index as of 2019 we are ranked 151 <laughs> Right. I mean, the main the main yeah. reason being that SPH is the one that controls it. So you know, there's technically no freedom by those. Uh, by judging by that criteria, right? And yet you have America who is at 48. But you look at the way the American media, uh, you know, puts forth their news and portrays things, right? I I I think I'd stick with 151. I <laughs> I, I yeah, yeah. I much rather get the factual stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Fake, fake news. news, man. It's a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> also, you would rather have a uh, controlled, controlled news than fake yeah, news. in in that sense. But control, you know, not not yeah. to the point where uh, you know, like like we have North Korea and and Kim Jong Un, uh, right. how he was born atop the mountains and he rode a unicorn mm-hmm. down. And I I think I think this was a legit story, right? There were two rainbows that form. Right above this mountain when he was born and and stuff like that, you know that kind of control. Yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah, nah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, okay. Since we are since we are uh, talking or or gonging the jiaowei, right? I remember there was this story you uh-huh. told us before right. uh, about the Great Singapore Panic <laughs> of 1967. Right, right, right. I thought it would be something. Interesting to talk okay, about. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> because because of the you know the name of this right show right and, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah definitely this is this is definitely an appropriate story. So you know earlier on we were on the topic of like uh you know uh mass panic mass buying group yeah. thing yeah so it, there's there's a very strange phenomenon that occurs um. Which which is uh it, it's called mass hysteria, right? And there there are some really creepy cases, you know. Like uh, I I remember there was this one in a either an Indonesian school or Malaysian school, and there was a mass possession going on. So like you know, students would just walk around the school, and then they claim they see like scary figures, and then everybody just gets into this mass panic. People start crying, thrashing their bodies on the floor. You know, twenty people possess at one time. Yeah, that that shit's freaky, man. But that's a coordinated effort to contact yeah. class. That's all I can say. Damn, that's that's smart though, right? If that was actually the case, not bad, not bad. I shall put that one in my books. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if someone can coordinate such an effort, like you give it yep, to them, man. definitely. <laughs> So um yeah back back to the great uh penis panic. So Singapore wasn't uh, you know has experienced this this mass hysteria before and it actually happened in 1967. So it, it was called the Great Singapore Penis Panic of 1967. I shit you not man. Right? So uh during this period, right, there were a total of uh 500 and uh sorry about about 5 
five, oh. okay, about 500 men, right, who actually believed that their penises were shrinking. <laughs> specifically, not not in a sense shrinking, but specifically retracting back into their bodies, into the pelvic area, and they believed that because of that, they would die. And so... Are they sure it's not just because they turned the aircon down yeah, to like... Right? Or they stepped degrees. in some really cold water and then soup, little general went in retreat. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> But yeah, they, they, these guys were actually panicking and these guys were actually scared, you know. And um, at, at the peak of this outbreak, I think about a hundred men sought uh, medical intervention within a single day, which is why it blew up in the first place, you know, when, when you have a hundred people coming in reporting some ridiculous, you know, medical condition. Yeah, it's definitely something you'll take note of. Mm-hmm. And the experts, they classified this condition as Koro. Uh, we're not quite sure where the term came from, but it's it's believed to be from uh, the Malay word Kura, which means head of turtle. <laughs> Or the yeah. So exactly that the thing was retracting in right just like the the head of the turtle. Um, most right. of the victims there were were young young men like twenties um, right and um, the the interesting thing was that most of them were actually not originally from Singapore. About 98% of these victims who were reporting the condition actually had ancestry from China. I, jala deh. China, China also COVID. Then this one also Koro. <laughs> you know, I think it's because of the thought of uh, Mao Zedong, the, right? They, they think of Chairman Mao, their <laughs> ball string, and everything just went up. There. You know, there were actually. I think that's where the that's where the army term yeah, ball string probably, came from. Probably. You know, there were actually some scholars that argued that the this whole Singapore penis panic, uh, it stemmed from the psychological stress caused by China's uh, cultural revolution. So in a way, yeah, Mao Zedong, man, really made their ball shrink, I guess. <laughs> that's yes, power. Man, that's power. That's power, power just to stand there and then men's penises retract into their body. Damn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's the the great penis, no, the great Singapore penis panic of 1967. Crazy stuff, man, crazy stuff. Do you think we are going to yes. um, have some form of mass panic with this whole COVID thing as well? I mean, the panic buying is a, a, a hint of it, you know, but do you think it's going to get any worse than that? Uh, I, think, I think it's already as big as it can get. And it's not something that's false right. or right. you know untrue like like <laughs> a shrinking penis it is it is something that's happening right. all over the world um, yeah so I don't think mass hysteria is going to to take root but uh, maybe amplification of uh, what uh, what is happening in, right. in their mind so with the whole mass buying thing the whole kiasu kiasi kind of thing that's gonna be amplified yeah, I, I think so I think so you know at first when I, I I looked at this whole panic buying and all that 
um, a part of me was was thinking along the lines of, okay, this is human nature. You know, when we're faced with danger, right? Immediately, that that survival instinct kicks in, that flight or uh, fight or flight response kicks in, and that that selfishness starts to breed. And so, you know, I I need everything yeah. for myself. But sorry, I better yeah, exactly family, right. Man. I better stop <laughs> on toilet paper. Stop up on. Hey, Wash the backside, lah. No need toilet paper, lah. <laughs> I, I don't like the feeling <laughs> of a wet ass. That's, pretty sure that's the, the general what most consensus, is it? <laughs> okay, lah, okay, lah. Yeah, I like my ass nice and dry. Right. Uh. Yeah. No. But but yeah. like. Uh. I don't really think it's selfishness. I I think it's part of our culture actually. You know, to be like overly prepared. Oh, yeah, you know that. Definitely. Yeah. Like, or just seeing what the other person's doing. Right. Like. You see the other person stocking up. You're like, okay, what if 10, 20, 50 other people doing the same thing? That's right. not going to be enough for us, for me. Uh, and yeah, so I'm going to stock up as well. Then this kind of behavior right. spreads, and yeah. So instead of mass hysteria, it's like mass buying of whatever, and it's more of a bad habit, right? Than anything. Like you, you right, just follow yeah. <laughs> monkey see monkey, monkey do. see monkey do lah. That's that's. I think that might be a definitive <laughs> Singaporean trait, which is which is not not proudest of moment for me to to right to say that, <laughs> but it is what it is, and yeah. I wonder what kind of uh, change, uh, what kind of a thing has to happen for for us to change right, that. That that kiasunas. I mean, it might be. Yeah, the 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 fighting over right. limited resources. You know, even little things like you going to the hawker center, then you chop the tissue paper with like I hate that tissue shit, paper. Man. I Although hate now that. cannot lah. Now it's <laughs> yeah, this one chopped by government already. <laughs> all the all the barriers <laughs> all put up. <laughs> yeah, you want you fit lah. Yeah, what's it? Three hundred dollar fine, right? I think that's the that's the rule now. Nah. Really? Yeah. Okay, I I I I think the the gatherings that's like uh up to a ten thousand dollar fine. All right. Yeah, yeah, but if you're caught like loitering outside and stuff like that, I I think it's it's three hundred dollars, right? Just like littering a cigarette butt on the ground now. Mm. Yeah, but you know this this whole kiasu culture, I think it's quite heavily rooted in Singapore. To some extent, I'm I'm kind of okay with it because it just makes us really well prepared, you know, all the time. But yeah, I mean, it gets right. to a point where it can be really, you know, toxic and. And just yeah, it's just ugly, right? To to look at, yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think it's a trait that you know that's more rampant in the older generations, especially for for younger people who are like, right. you know young working adults or, or or even younger, they've had the idea of you know Singaporeans being kiasu kiasi right. like hammered into their heads, and they are kind of wanting right. to move away from that. Move away from being associated with that, and yeah, the the so is it not, like a not so much yeah it's yeah more like a okay boomer, boomer. <laughs> yeah boomer so I mean the the you know the baby boomer generation right I I a lot of us actually thought that you know it, it's more towards uh yeah the the boomer generation right and uh, this this whole panic buying thing. But um, you know, I had a couple friends who were on social media and stuff, and uh, when they released the circuit breaker measures, right, 
um, you know, they, they bothered going down to the supermarkets for research purposes. Although I think they were also kiasu a bit lah and trying to buy stuff. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, you, you would have noticed like all different age groups at the market and, you know, at the supermarkets. And, and I don't think it's a uniquely boomer trait. But then again, I mean, those are the people that brought us up. Uh, so, you know, yeah, we're just inclined. Yeah. You can't really fault yeah, them exactly. Well, you know, they they were taught they were taught how how to how to do things, and you know Singapore didn't used to be a first world country. We had right. to fight for right, right. you know resources, and yeah, it's just right. a force of habit. And yeah, um, unfortunately or fortunately, it got passed down. And again, it's right. it's a survival skill now. Not, not to be too, yeah. too PC it's, about it. It is what it is. But uh, I mm-hmm. think the important thing is to know how to deal with this whole thing in a in a healthier manner. You know, so like you talked about that uh, Dale Carnegie guy and uh, how to stop worrying and start living. Right. I think this applies here as well. And uh, remember that book you introed me as well. Um, yeah. Becoming uh, be- was it becoming su- becoming supernatural? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Becoming Supernatural, Supernatural yes, uh, by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. So that one was an eye-opener yeah. for me because, I mean, the, the things that were covered in there, you know, uh, it, it, it bordered on uh, pseudoscience yeah. a little. But yeah, a bit woo, a bit woo but woo at the same time got enough evidence and documentation of evidence to suggest that there is actually correlation between, you know, this whole uh, mind, body and soul and, you know, a healthy mind will ultimately lead to a healthier body, healthier soul, right? And, um, you know, uh, okay, minus, take what you want from the book, right? Um, learn what you can from it. You know, if you want to practice the meditation that they talk about in there, by all means, go ahead. But I think there are some like undeniable facts, you know, that 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 prove that um, there's there's something there, you know, with this whole idea of healthy mind, body, and soul. And uh, meditation mm-hmm. definitely helps, you know, breathing exercises, simple mindful meditation, right? Focusing on your breathing, it gives you so, you know, uh, that that clarity of mind. Right to to look at things in a much healthier manner, yeah. And I think it's more yeah. it, it's extremely important that we you know adopt healthier practices right now, especially because we're all you know locked down in our homes, right? We we can't yeah we can't do what we are usually doing, and you know it's it's going to stress people out and it's going to affect the psyche quite a bit. Yeah, I remember one part of the book where he explained uh, doing deep mm-hmm. breathing exercises and okay so how it would control the um, not just the blood right. flow from your breath but the electrical signals uh, from your brain right, going right, all the way that. down to your spine and and yeah I think as a, as a science teacher when you look at it um, the movement of, of electrical impulses yeah. which is a, is a current right and when current moves it creates a, right. a field around it right so yeah if there's increased um electrical signals going down your spine up and down your spine during meditation it kind of forms right. a field around you and i think for for us humans we do have a way of picking up uh signals like that 
that's why sometimes you kind of feel like oh the vibe right, is kind right. of off with this person that that person kind of ha- gives off a bad vibe yeah i i wonder if you know that is just putting that feeling down in scientific right. terms yeah that is what what i mean that's I, I that's also it, that's what kind of blew yeah my and that's that's exactly that what he was trying to do you know put it forth in scientific terms and you know best as he can because you know being a neurologist a biologist he has all this knowledge to connect right and uh instead you know um instead of calling it the aura and then having people scoff at you and say these two gundus believing in the aura and all that right <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah. it, it, there's some truth to it right there's some truth to it right um i i think one of the interesting things that i read in the book also it's about um he talked about heart coherence and how to focus on meditation to to create this thing called heart coherence right and um at first i was like why is this the age old belief that oh you know my heart is broken when actually it's all to do with the brain you know because when i was younger i always thought that the heart has nothing to do with that right the heart is just a mus yeah just an organ made of muscle organ tissue so what the hell has it got to do with uh you know the brain and blah 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 how we feel and all that and then you know i finally found out that um that's what you learn the basics right that the heart is a muscle and that is made up of muscle tissue but the heart is actually like almost a second brain because it's composed of 40,000 neurons that can sense feel learn and even remember things right so it's what scientists call the heart brain actually and it it's connected because it's our neurons attached from our brain to our heart and so with 40,000 neurons there you know it's sending quite a bit of of signals and when joe uh, dr joe despenza goes into talking about this heart coherence and the benefits of this meditation right it, it talks about you know lowering blood pressure improved nervous system uh, hormonal balance and and brain function as well you know uh, that is this what my my teacher in school meant by <laughs> remember it by heart i think so <laughs> I think so. Like if you attach, you know, some memory strong enough to your, you know, to to the to the very essence of your soul, then you're going to remember it, right? Uh but I don't suggest that for memorizing definition lah, be wise. You know, the yeah. the interesting thing about this whole uh heart having 40,000 neurons and all that, um that there was there are actually cases of um donors of uh, recipients and donors who um once they receive the heart or or a body part from somebody else right the they start to notice right. uh, specific changes in their in their personalities and a lot of it was uh the personalities of the donor right so it, it was really interesting and uh in fact it was so interesting that um a study was done on it so um the the school of nursing uh university of hawaii right in honolulu actually did a study in 2000 and what the study encompassed was how um these neural and um electrical impulses going back and forth from the brain and and the heart essentially um put 
information into organs that wouldn't normally carry such information right like i mean your brain carries all of it right no one expects the heart to right but yeah so right. so what they did was they evaluated the the changes following heart transplant surgery and a lot of it actually parallel the donors right so in in the results that they found out they found at least 2 to 5 parallels for each case right where people were basically you know um uh, mirroring their donor's personality and and these things included uh changes in your taste in food uh music you know your appreciation to art the the recreational things you're doing uh even sexual preferences were affected right so these um yeah the all these basic perceptions and you know parallels were all uh, from the donors and it in fact uh went over to the recipients i think there was one case even where um one of the donor who was killed by a gunshot wound to the face right um the the don the the recipient of that guy's heart right uh used to wake up from nightmares where he would see a bright flash you know uh of light in his face and it just scared the living shit out of him yeah because that was that was death it was uh, the the yeah yeah getting getting shot right? that that was really really interesting so yeah i mean there there's a clear you know correlation here between um you know what goes on in our brains and our hearts and because of the neurons that are there right so right. yeah as much as you you think it's not just the heart right like other organs yeah, but, as well they yeah i could i couldn't find I, I, i don't think i found any studies regarding um other uh, body parts but um yeah the 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 one that drew uh, i mean the the most you know conclusive one i i felt was this was this whole study about the heart transplants right yeah that was really really heart, interesting right right yeah, yeah. man i mean the body exactly is a vessel so yep we have to take care of it so guys corona until, please until don't panic ah huh? okay take care of is. yourself <laughs> healthy mind body and soul yeah yeah <laughs> healthy mind body and soul uh but i mean it's also a good thing like in the days leading up to the circuit breaker and even after oh yeah so many people in the park <laughs> right now right, exercising right, yeah. in the evening you go around your yeah. you see so many people running uh yeah i think i think it's a good thing there's just so many memes <laughs> on the internet like you know right, before right. this whole corona thing happened everyone was just staying indoors doing all the mm-hmm. healthy shit mm-hmm. like gaming mm-hmm. non-stop right. staying indoors being a shut in Now that the situation's flipped, people are just trying to find any right, yeah. good old excuse just to get out the house. <laughs> It's pretty amazing. And, and exercise. Yeah, which which is not which is not a bad thing, but yeah, one meter social distance. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably more than one meter. Uh, in, when you run, like your whatever particles in your lungs is still yeah, it's forced out, out quite a still, distance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's forced yeah. out and it stays in the air. So whoever running behind you. If they take a big whiff, yeah, whiff, yeah, um, it's gonna whiff of the air. Uh, Shit, yeah, that it, means it's gonna get in the lungs. <laughs> I don't mean Shit, to freak people out. That means I need to out, run but... with gas masks already, yeah. though. Yikes! Yeah, treat. Hey, all the better. Treat right. Yeah, the altitude mask. <laughs> Uh well yeah. uh speaking of upside you know to to all of these things I I actually feel that um 
this this whole COVID situation is going to, uh, to some extent, revolutionize the way we do business and the entire industrial structure that we have now. So, I mean, you you look at us, right? Every day we're going to work nine to five. Some of us really don't need to be at work from nine to five, but because you know we scared our boss not happy, so we just come down nine to five. Right, but a lot of the work that we do can be done at home. Right. A lot of the work we do does not require that stringent, you know, nine to five working hours. Right, which is why so many more companies are adopt, uh, uh, adopting flexible hours, uh, and you know, different kind of uh, schemes and work systems. Right, and I think that this whole COVID, right, is going to revolutionize how we look at the industries, and it's it's forcing us for one, right, to deliberately put in place systems to allow us to work from home, to allow us to have this kind of flexible schedules where you know you don't see everybody at work at one shot. You know, this group comes a few days, then the other group comes by another day. You know, and stuff like that. Right. Right. So what about uh, at this point? I want to ask, like, what about what? What do you think about you know cohesion, like workplace cohesion? If you don't see the other person in per like in person, and right, right, uh, you know you you you're right. working off of a standard schedule. Does does it mean you're working twenty four seven with no boundaries? And like, if the boss needs something right now, they mean right now. Right. So you have to stop whatever you're doing. Jump on the right, email right. and reply to whatever he needs, mm. and and you know get super distracted. It, it's gonna right. affect the flow of work. Um, yeah, so I think those are issues that uh, haven't been dealt with yet, or at least in in my workplace. Um, you know, where when you're doing shift work, uh, and and you suddenly become a remote worker, you have to jump. In on and solve resolve whatever issues right then and there, so it becomes like me being on notice mm-hmm. for twenty four seven for the whole week. And yeah, I don't know if it's, it's something any of you guys out there listening have to deal with. And and right. if you do, please please share with us. Uh, I'm really interested in finding out so I yeah, can actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely helpful. And yeah, to to anybody listening, if you know all all these things, you you resonate with it, and you know you you or if you think we really kong way and you want to you know tell us to shut up, please share with us, right? Why you think we should shut up, or you know, come yeah, in kong definitely, man. Yeah, or come kong way with us. Yeah, we, we would love to have that. Yeah, everybody. if you have you know topics of interest and all that, and you have thoughts after this whole you know circuit breaker measures have been implemented. Yeah, please do share with us what you think, and uh, yeah, I I hope you do. Also, uh, I think it's this circuit breaker definitely uh, has has changed the way we do things. Uh, not just for work, but you know, um, lengthen time with your loved ones. Maybe some conflicts start creeping in. Uh, plenty of breakups gonna happen because you can't stand living <laughs> with the same person for like. <laughs> 24-7 like throughout this whole period I don't know uh, but yeah so so I would love to find out also what uh, the things you did before the circuit breaker and after and how you feel like the change has benefited you or just made you <laughs> um, more pissed <laughs> or like yeah or, or right. how it's negatively impacted you and yeah I think that's that's pretty much it uh, have we come to the end of our first 
episode of our podcast. So yeah, uh, thanks every, everyone uh, for for listening. Um, and yeah, like like we've mentioned, you know, share share your thoughts with us, right? Uh, also, be sure to check out our social media sites. Follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Instagram. Uh, is isn't it called? What is it called? K O N G space. Uh, wait, is that space? No space. Uh, K O N G, J I A O W E Y. Right, and yeah, this has been Kong Jiawei yes. with Jeremy, Matthew, and Yi Suan. Yeah, thank you so much and, for listening. And in the meantime, we'll think of more Jiawei to Kong. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye.